Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday. Each month, I'll be sharing the little things that make me feel good, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Estrangement. It's an odd word that sits awkwardly in your mouth as you try to speak it. It's not part of our everyday language, so it's often misunderstood or misinterpreted. You end up using other words to describe it, like distance, no contact or cut off. Speaking it feels very much like living it. Peculiar and a little unnerving. I've previously spoken about the joy estrangement can bring, but today I want to talk about the other, less joyful side. Because it's really tough. And sometimes not speaking about the toughness can make it an extremely lonely and isolating place to be. I often find that when I speak about being estranged, people will start to share their experiences of estrangement too. Maybe it's a sibling or sometimes a parent. Perhaps you're estranged by association with an aunt that's become part of your family folklore. It's only when I share my story that these voices start to speak because the stigma around estrangement is so potent and difficult to manage. Suddenly, the thing that is so personal and nuanced becomes the very thing you know it not to be. Petty, stubborn and cold. And then this thing, which is already lonely and isolating, becomes even more so and you feel like you might be the only person that understands what it truly feels like. So this episode is me saying that you're not. There are so many people out there who get it, and even more so who want to support you and love you in it, not despite it, but because of it. What I'm about to share is what it feels like on the bad days. When the world's colour has been wiped out, and the weight of your own body feels too heavy to move. But before I do, I want to caveat this episode by saying two things. Firstly, that this is solely my experience, and by no means representative of other people's journeys. And secondly, that I am so grateful for the chosen family and support system I've been able to create. Without them, I simply wouldn't be here and particularly one person, who knows who they are, who saw me through it all, carried my weight when I could no longer bear it, and continues to be the person I can turn to when it all feels too much. There simply aren't the words to express what our friendship has meant and continues to mean to me. But even with a trusted support system, it's been the biggest challenge I've faced. And that's why I want to talk about it. Just picture it for a minute. Try and hold on to the feeling, even though it feels impossible. Let the emptiness run through you. The terrifying realisation that the people you love aren't there. The people that you are taught that will love you unconditionally have laid their conditions out on the table and you can't meet them, however hard you've tried. Let it sink in further. 
It's not one person, two or even three. It's every relative you've ever known. Every person who cradled you as a baby and witnessed your awkward teenage years. It's your family. Your whole family. Your parents, your siblings, your aunties and uncles, cousins and grandparents. An ancestry you're no longer a part of. Look around. Notice how the room has gone silent, empty. Can you sit with it? Take a deep breath and let it settle. You are alone. No one here knows where you come from apart from you. You hold an atlas of family history on the traces of your skin. Your hands are shaking from the weight of it. Invisible to the naked eye, it's yours alone to hold. Try to stay with me. I know you're underwater and desperate to come up for air. I know it feels like you're dying, but... Are you ready to go to work and make enough money to pay your rent, your bills? Are you able to hold a conversation with a friend and not start screaming? Have you arranged a payment schedule with your bank to pay back your debt? You need to find a way to hold yourself together. You have chosen this, remember. You ask them all to leave. And don't forget to do this with a smile on your face. You might be grieving an all-consuming loss, but there were no actual deaths, so you don't get any time off. There were no coffins to bury, no funeral outfits to buy. So come on now, you wanted this, didn't you? You didn't have to do it, you know. Couldn't you have tried a bit harder? It's family, they love you. They must be hurting, this must have really upset them. Do you realise what they must be going through? It's your mum. Come on now. Don't you think you're being a bit dramatic? Do you think you made this up a bit? Misunderstood? Not your parents, surely not. They gave you everything. Some people have it much worse than you, you know. You don't know how lucky you are. And now try not to cry. Don't show them how much this hurts you too. It will be seen as a weakness, a confession of guilt, of regret. They don't understand that these feelings aren't binary. It's not one or the other. Try it for me. Hold all the love you have for them, the respect, the loyalty, and also the pain and anger and disappointment have you got room for rejection too? How about the fear? Can you let yourself feel how terrified you are? Really, let yourself be humbled by it. It's crushing. You are knocked to the floor by it. And there's no one there to pick you up. You're going to have to get better at this. Just smile at them and say that you know. You are lucky. How is it? How do you feel? Stay with me. It's a year now. One whole year without a safety net. 
Does the pressure feel dizzying? Can you feel yourself start to stumble and find balance? Two, three years pass in a grief-filled daze. Your skin sings out for them. The longing fills your throat and chokes you. The desire to be close to them is so strong, it almost outweighs your reasoning. You carry a folded up piece of paper in your purse to remind you why you needed to do this. And trace the edges with your fingertips when you want to call them. Four years. Life is hurtling past and taking you further and further away from who you were when they knew you. There is new grief to understand and care for, but you have become better at caring for it. Your parenting instincts have kicked in and you nearly almost always eat dinner now. Clinking wine bottles and hangovers, overshadowed by your personal cinema of regrets, has been replaced with Sunday afternoon walks with friends and makeshift picnics bought from supermarkets. Still, the grief haunts you as you try to fall asleep. Five years. The longevity of the situation hits you. You are untethered by it. Your search for belonging takes you across oceans and into another stranger's sheets. They can smell your desperation. This primal need to belong outside yourself. Hold on. At six years, you're pulled apart by two opposing forces. The desire to belong versus the safety you feel in being completely free. You are learning how to be loved, which forces you to grieve for your family all over again as you start to become part of another. It feels like hot sunshine after a long, dark winter and simultaneously life-threateningly dangerous. The joy is limitless, but the lows are too. Seven. You're expected to be an adult now and want adult things like a healthy savings account and to get onto the property ladder. You feel like an imposter because you're not sure you want those things. You want slow walks to coffee shops on Saturday mornings and conversations with friends that fill you with energy and calm the chaos bubbling in your mind. You feel on the precipice of making these big adult decisions and feel completely unqualified to do so. The space left by your parents of who to turn to in these crises still stands vacant. And then there's that familiar feeling that you are so far now from the person you were at the start of it all. The person who wrote your family letters with shaking hands and was sick in the toilet at work after. There is a melancholy that swirls in your stomach and keeps you company. You dream of living in the same town as your closest friends, alongside filling your life with the adventures you craved for as a child. Your hands no longer shake, but you still hold the chisel in them, reminding you of what you have carved out and shaped. And you are full, full of it, of the deepening losses that sink at the bottom of your stomach and the echoing emptiness of how pointless it all feels without them. It is eye-wateringly bittersweet. And the people you want to talk about it to the most 
other people that you can't. So you sit with that. Seven years in and with eight on the horizon. Looking ahead to nine, ten, onward and onward. And despite all that, and everything seven whole years of estrangement has brought me, there is joy. And again, not really despite it, but because of it. When I first started this podcast, my main worry was that it wouldn't feel genuine. That it might seem forced or come across like it ignored the very real difficulties we all experience on different levels and at various points in our lives. Which is why I wanted to share this. Because Simple Pleasures wasn't born out of joy, it was born out of the very darkest point of my life, when I didn't want to go on living. Experiencing estrangement in my early 20s forced me to go back to basics. And to be honest, the older I get and the longer I live with it as my reality, it reminds me on a weekly basis about the importance of focusing on what's in my life rather than what's missing. It's a double-edged sword, because whilst this experience has given me an outlook on life and the ability to be present that I adore, in addition to my freedom, it's also left me with a lot of difficult feelings that I'm still working through and get triggered by all the time. Some days, I wonder if I will ever reach that sense of belonging that I long for, or if the space left by my family is something I will continue to grow around and learn to hold a little more comfortably as my life continues to expand. Ultimately, seven years feels very small in the grand scheme of things, and I know there's a whole lifetime of learning to be done, if I'm lucky. If you've gotten this far, thank you for listening. I understand that this side of estrangement isn't always the nicest to experience. But being able to speak it and have it heard and listened to makes it all feel more manageable and so much less lonely. It's hard to put it into words really, but my best analogy would be that it's like when you lose a friend in a club and it's dark and the floor is sticky and you can't hear your own thoughts over the thumping bass. You're trying to push your way past this wall of bodies and not give notice to the panic rising in you. When suddenly you feel a hand in yours and you turn and it's your friend. Their touch, instant comfort. They guide you swiftly through a door that leads you outside and all at once you're hit with the cool night air. Relief courses through your body as they lean over to whisper softly in your ear, I'm so glad I found you. I am so glad you found this episode. And I hope if this is your experience too, then you've found the same comfort in these words as my hand in yours. Until next time, take good care. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more simple pleasures before the next episode, then you can find me on Instagram at It's The Simple Pleasures, where I share my day-to-day, everyday joys, from hot, buttery toast to having a chat in the supermarket. Hope to see you there. Until next time.